0: And we're going to be talking to our national council members today. My name is Jessica Lee, and I am one of the moderators of Cafe Kappa Presents. We've had the communications team help out with this and record some of our interviews with each of our national council members. And we'll start off with our national president, Evan Thompson. Evan, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well fighting off uh, hurricanes as we speak, but doing well.
0: <laughs> okay, so we wanted to just have a conversation and let our listeners know um, what our National Council members do, a little bit about their role, and then in your unique role as National President, uh, what are the things, the initiatives that you're <laughs> working towards and um, for nationally for our fraternity, um, and uh, what we can expect to see um, in the future. So tell us a little bit about what it's like to be National President
1: it? Sure. Uh, National president is an honor and a privilege. (laughs) Uh, I think I'm supposed to say that. Uh, (laughs) Like any uh, any position, um, it comes with uh, both positives and negatives. And it is something that I sought after. Uh, I you know, went to our students in 2015 and said, I'm I'm ready for this. I want to uh, serve the fraternity. And they trusted me uh, first as VPCM, uh, which is the president-elect position. And then I moved into president in 2017. It is a pleasure to work with our uh, adult leaders in a new way uh, for me as someone who is not responsible for other adults in my professional work uh, to take that on in this role as national president and being one of the youngest members in the national leadership team and uh, being at the top of that (laughs) leadership team, it becomes a challenge to deal with uh, folks who are older, who are more experienced, who have more years uh, serving the fraternity or being members. Uh, So there are challenges there, but overall, As president, uh, it is exciting to work with these adult leaders, to uh, be inspired by them, to learn new ideas, to collaborate, uh, and to see younger members enter into the leadership and be a positive impact on uh, them, uh, to help them grow and develop into better leaders and better brothers uh, for our students. Uh, I still get to work with students quite a bit. sit in on chapter meetings and, uh, membership candidate meetings. Uh, I've done several recruitment events, uh, where I just kind of pop in and say, Hey, <laughs> here's <laughs> what the journey's all about. Uh, kind of thing. Uh, it has been a lot of fun to work with chapters in a new environment. Um, in this uh, new role, rather, uh, as national president and uh, talking about the great things that are going on in the fraternity and getting feedback for how we can move forward. So,
0: so how, uh, would you, how would you say your kind of day-to-day operations of the fraternity changed when you moved from VPCM to president?
1: So as national president, uh, I'm responsible for appointing and evaluating members of the national leadership team, uh, that includes the vice presidents, the governors, um, responsible for putting together a schedule for meetings uh, for all of those. Uh, individuals, and I also sor- serve as an ex-officio member of the Board of Trustees. So I sit in on those meetings as well. Uh, as the national president, uh, along with my counterpart, Jonathan Markowski from uh, Beta Sigma, we are responsible for the national executive director and his role as the chief uh, officer of our uh, national headquarters. Uh, we evaluate him, we work with him on a day-to-day basis to plan uh, different events, including national convention, national leadership conference, uh, our winter and summer council meetings, and we also uh, work with him. You know, if we are dealing with any situations that involve legal or uh, insurance advice, uh, financial issues. Uh, we work with him when it comes to budget and everything else. So, uh, it's a big position. There are a lot of uh, moving parts and I'd say a day to day, uh, The day to day really involves uh, staying in contact with Steve Nelson, who is our executive director, and then working closely with uh, Marco Krasadovic, our VPCM, when it comes to uh, any discipline uh, issues or other membership concerns that arise that could uh, put the organization at risk.
0: Awesome. And, you know, I think... um as being a member of the National Council myself, um, you can really see, and my spouse also having served in this role, um, you can also see the difference um, in that. VPCM to president where, you know, um, Jack will often refer to the VPCM as the uh, assistant principal of the fraternity. You know, you're dealing with discipline and and those kinds of things and, um, you know, making sure people are following the rules. um, And and that's a lot of what Marco does. And then when you become national president, it's like being the principal. You kind of get to oversee the vision, um, where things are going. You're getting to um, kind of like a principal works with teachers. You know, you get to work with the adult. Leaders, so um, I always, um, at least you know, whenever I've been asked before, you know, what does your job do, or what do people do on the national council? You know, I kind of explain it like that, and I wouldn't never, I wouldn't say the VPSA is assistant principal, but we're more like a communications director. You know, if you want to (laughs) compare it to school, or uh, maybe the instructional coach, since I work a lot with active members uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I think that's uh, great. Just kind of hearing a little bit from from your perspective. I would
1: say to add to that, you know, the president, what it really comes down to is, you know, when things are going really, really well, the credit goes to everybody else. When things go wrong, that's when I hear about it. (laughs) It's my job to be the buffer. It's my job to uh, work with Marco and Steve to mitigate that risk, uh, to work with uh, students, directors and sponsors to take those calls uh, and to uh, make sure that we solve problems so that the fraternity continues moving on. Uh, But their regularly scheduled programming, you know, (laughs) Uh, our job is to make it seem like everything is working smoothly at all times, Uh, and so if we have to take the heat for decisions that are made, that's what we do um, so that the organization continues to function.
0: Absolutely, so what would, um, your role is so broad, but what would you say um, are some projects um, that you feel really proud of that um, the council has accomplished or you've accomplished or maybe some things we could look forward to um, throughout the rest of the biennium?
1: I was uh, really proud of our district presidents who served as committee chairs uh, at the 2017 National Convention, and our other uh, committees who did work, uh, the committee members themselves and our advisors. We got a lot accomplished at the 2017 National Convention, and what I've been proud of most moving into this biennium was all of the feedback we got (laughs) from students. We have put in to place. We have put in place. We put into practice. Uh, we made some great changes to our scholarship, to our programs. Um, I thought our programs committee did a fantastic job of really, <laughs> like going, to and um, going through the pro- going through the awards and the scholarships themselves and giving great feedback. The colonization membership committee did a great job going through the. Road to Wisdom has presented and giving us great feedback and great tools um, so that we could uh, move into the fall semester 2017 and implement the new curriculum. I'm really excited about as we move forward with membership development, with the curriculum in place for the initiation period, we're now looking prior to that we we're um, putting together a group of people who are going to uh, start focusing on recruitment and membership selection uh, we have not put we have not filled every position on that committee yet more information will follow pretty soon about uh, that that work because a lot of our conversations at our district conventions particularly this past year uh, when students started talking about the road to wisdom they weren't talking about the road to wisdom they were talking about recruitment and membership Selection issues. Uh, the road tourism itself. There are some. There's some processes. There's some procedures there that needed clarification, but. The core issues that some of our a majority of our chapters were having had to do with selecting the right people. And so we want to make sure that we start addressing that issue because the road to wisdom works when you have the right people in the membership education process. Now we have to make sure we're taking those initial steps prior to initiation uh, to make sure we're getting the right people. And we're including our directors and sponsors in those conversations I'm also really proud of the chapter officer, chapter officer, training and resources committee. They have uh, worked hard this past school year to put together a lot of resources, officer manuals for each um, chapter office, and. Uh, chapter transition guidelines. They're also going to be putting together lots of additional resources and workshops uh, from our district conventions, plus things uh, that are public domain uh, through TED Talks and YouTube that we will um, be citing. This is an area that was very important to me uh, coming into the national leadership as a Obviously, as a former chapter officer and as a governor, um, I suffered through some of this myself as a chapter president. And then as a governor, I answered countless issues you know, related to chapter officer training, transition. Uh, these are a lot of issues that our chapters are facing. And uh, now I'm really proud of their work. They put together kind of phase one. Uh, it's kind of an initial start. Um, hopefully, with feedback from chapter officers and sponsors, we'll uh, continue to improve that and make it a great resource. Uh, but you can find that information at um, kkside.org under resources. Uh, you can find the uh, Road to Wisdom information, including curriculum spo- curriculum advisors, at kkside.org under the Road to Wisdom tab.
0: Now, does the uh, chapter officer and training committee do they have? an email address where if people had resources that they wanted to share, if they wanted to contact them, how would they be able to contact them?
1: Uh, right now, uh, you can, there's a feedback form on the um, website uh, under that link. So khasi.org, click on the resources tab and go to officer training. I think officer training and resources. And there there are feedback forms that you can fill out where you can uh, provide information. You can um, provide links to videos and workshops and other resources that would be helpful. And then, um, If you want, you can just email uh, me, evan at org, and I can pass that information along to that committee.
0: Because, you know, I would challenge chapters, you know, if you're out there listening and you have some, you check out what's on the website and you have something great, um, you know, a sample agenda or something that particular officers use, if you have some examples or things you'd like to share, um, we definitely would, would love your input and your ideas. And so we can continue to grow that, that list of resources.
1: Absolutely. The last thing I wanted to talk to you about that is in the works Uh, this semester. We are actually um, starting to move in a really great direction with is our national leadership development program, which is called the Founders Circle. Um, We hired. Uh, Dr. Kirk Randazza, who is a past national president and a professor of political science and director of leadership studies at the University of South Carolina, to begin work on a new leadership development program for the fraternity. Um, He has completed phases one and two of this work. Uh, It's based off of the social change model, which focuses on the individual, the team, and then a visionary strategic level work and the first two phases have now been completed Uh, those are going to be uh, this school year i would say probably by january we'll go live on our website uh the first phase most of the phases are um led by team members. The first phase is actually going to be individual, and you'll be able to do a lot of this work on your own. Uh, You'll be able to follow the guide and watch videos, um, have conversations as a chapter. These will be things you can do within your chapter or you can do on an individual basis. And then uh, phase two will actually be workshops that we'll start putting into place at district conventions. Uh, In each level, you'll earn a, kind of a, a credential uh, uh, because you will be learning uh, different skill sets. You'll be equipped with different skills. And so you I've gone through the first tier of the Founder Circle uh, Leadership Development Program for the fraternity, and I've learned these skills. These are things that you can now add to your resume. You'll receive a certificate saying that you completed the these workshops. You've completed this tier and you're now a certified leader for the fraternity in these areas. Uh, I think this is all going to be great for our organization moving forward with the individual and phase one, the team, and phase two at district conventions, and then our visionary and our strategic-level work, which will be offered at national conventions. A lot of this programming will go live for you to look at, and then we will present a full program to you at the national convention, 2019 National Convention in Stillwater, and we'll have a launch uh, of the full work. Uh, Kirk Randazzo right now and I are working uh, to – put some information out if you're an alumni listening to this uh this would be a great opportunity for you to get involved because we're going to be looking for individuals to join a team of presenters uh, who will actually be trained by kirk to go out and present on the different levels uh, whether it's um, phase two or phase three looking at those workshops you also get an opportunity to create your own workshop that you will be um, presenting at district conventions as well. And you'll see more information about that um, here in September or the first of October. The Founders Circle is alive and uh, (laughs) moving in a really positive direction. And uh, I'm looking forward to what this is gonna mean for our fraternity and for our impact on college bands for the next to 20 years.
0: You know, Evan, I think it's so exciting from the standpoint that um, we are providing programming for our members that's not just improving uh, college bands, but improving their lives. We're giving them skills that are going to help them in their future profession. And so um, it's just really exciting to see us uh, work towards rolling out um, a national program that's going to provide so much for our members. And so um, I've actually um, had a chance to peek at some of the things. Uh, Kirk gave me access um, to take a peek. And um, it's just, it's really exciting work. And I think um, our members, um, as they um, get to hear more about it, get exposed to it. Um, if you have a chance to attend one of Kirk's uh, workshops, they're always phenomenal. Um, it's uh, it's really exciting.
1: The focus of this National Council, and I would say the last National Council um, during Jack's biennium as National President, was really to... Transition from just focusing on college bands and what we do for them, but to also focus on the individual member <laughs> and what you need to be successful now as a leader within your band, but also when you walk across that stage and graduate. (laughs) After you shake the president or chancellor's hand, what's next? Mm -hmm. What skills Mm -hmm. do you have to go into your professional work, to interview for that first job, to walk into that first job and actually be a part of a team and to commit to being the best version of yourself uh, moving forward. How do you become a good citizen? How do you become a good member of your community uh, long term? And that's something that kappa kappa side. That's what we believe. Uh, our ritual talks about that. And I'm glad that we are moving in a direction where our programming takes aim at what our students need beyond now. Uh, And I would say our Alumni Association is moving in that direction, too. I'm very proud of their work as well to help our members once they move into alumni and life membership. They continue to learn and grow, and we continue to invest in them long term.
0: I think that's great. So is there as we start wrapping up, um, is there anything um, that you would like us to be looking forward to hearing from you um, or any um, updates or reminders that you'd like to give um, maybe our student uh, listeners?
1: I'll also say if you are in Chicago for Midwest Clinic, make sure you come and visit us at the booth in December. Uh, We'll have the booth number and uh, location within the exhibitors hall for you very soon. Um, Myself, Marko Krasadovich, and Doug Stodder will be there on behalf of the fraternity. We look forward to meeting alumni and students. The last thing I'll tell you is uh, our nominations committee. Is set. The National Council approved uh, the membership for that committee. An announcement will be going out in the next week. This committee will be tasked with uh, looking over applications for national officers. Uh, we do have elections coming up at the 2019 National Convention, and uh, this committee takes all of that work on themselves uh, as part as uh, stated in the Constitution. Uh, they will. Be You'll be seeing some information from Derek Mills, who's going to be starting as chair of that committee very soon, about dates. That application deadline for nomination packets is January 15th, 2019. and We hope that we can get a lot of um, really great brothers to step up and uh, offer their service and their leadership to the fraternity. I'm really excited about this um Second implementation of our new election process. Uh, please be reminded that the VPSA position is part of this. Uh, there is no separate VPSA Um, packet deadline anymore. All offices, National President, VPCM, VPP, VPSA, and the two Board of Trustees seats, those packets are due January 15th. So make sure you get those submitted. And I'm certain with this podcast and some of the other information from the committee in the next couple of months, we'll be able to answer any questions you have if you are interested in running for one of those offices.
0: You no, know, I just, thanks, Evan, for all the updates. Um, you know, telling us a little bit about what you do and, and the work that, um, you've been, um, helping to guide, um, us, um, as both as a council and just our brotherhood nationally, um, over the past, uh, year, year, all, over a year now. Um, I and I you. just, uh, appreciate <laughs> everything, um, in your time this evening.
2: I'm here with Mr. Marco Krasatovich, our National Vice President for Colonization and Membership. So, Marco, I had a couple questions for you about yourself. So, sure. why don't you tell us, uh, why don't you just give us your spiel on who you are?
3: Sure. So, um, my name is Marco Uh I have served since 2017 as the National Vice President for Colonization and Membership. Um, before that, I was the National Vice President for program programs, the chair of the Alumni Association, and going way back, um, I was a district and chapter officer. Um, I was actually initiated at the new chapter at the University of Michigan um, back a few years ago now. Um, And I've been, I mean, at this point now, about half of my life has been involved in some form with the fraternity, um, in some form of either leadership or support as a colony advisor. Um, as an officer, um, and it's been kind of, uh, transformative. I mean, I feel like what I do now, um, professionally and, and who I am is a direct result of all the different experiences I've had as a brother of Cabot Basai.
2: That's awesome to hear. I think that's a goal for most of us is to get, you know, a lot, as much out as we put in. Um, exactly. <clears throat> so What has been sort of your schools, universities Have you attended?
3: Sure, sure. So um, I grew up in Western Michigan um, and went to the University of Michigan. My bachelor's degree is actually in meteorology, um, which on a day like, you know, anytime I can watch the, you know, the weather channel and whatever is always going to be something that I love. Um, But I was a a low income student um, and I was, you know, really my family wasn't really as versed in how this whole college thing worked, and so it took me five years to graduate, and I struggled, and you know, bombed my GPA a couple semesters, and really had to work hard to get to get finished with my program. And so it kind of inspired me to be interested in um, higher education as a profession. Um, to try and give back, kind of going back to what we were just saying, like, you want to give back what you got in um, and what was given to you. And um, my chapter sponsor at the time, um, who really became a mentor for me throughout, was Dr. Melinda Matney prior to her becoming national president. So her being an, um, a research professional at, um, at the University of Michigan, um, being a brother who's been involved for the majority of her life as well, um, She gave me a lot to really kind of learn from and look from and and try to kind of, you know, um, understand what it meant to to move forward in some of this. And so um, I got my master's degree at the University of Pennsylvania um, in higher education management. Um, And I'm actually for reasons that I think right now I'm starting to wonder about. Um, I'm actually in the middle of a doctorate program at Illinois State University for a Ph.D. in higher education administration. Wow. Um, Which, I mean, if BPCM wasn't busy enough and national president coming up wasn't bad, um, getting my Ph.D. is probably not the right thing to do to calm down. But luckily, I have a very supportive partner and family. So they understand that they're not going to see much of me for the next uh, couple years.
2: Well, that's good to hear. So... I just have a bit of a side tangent Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of I'm I'm sure that a lot of people listening could certainly relate to struggling with school do you have any advice for anyone who might be sort of do you have any sort of words of wisdom as someone who came out on top of that struggle
3: yeah I mean I'll be honest um, there was so many moments where I didn't think I would Um, I can remember very clearly a conversation with Dr. Matney where I said, like, I think I'm just going to drop out like it's not working. I'm I'm I feel like I'm hitting a brick wall. I feel like this isn't maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm not college material, whatever. And she was very quick to remind me that the statistics are not in my favor if I drop out, that the likelihood of me finishing a a bachelor's degree and even going beyond that um, drops a lot if I drop out. And so you really have to kind of leverage the resources you have. I mean, the, the really annoying thing for me as an educational professional is that the, the universities have tons of resources to help you be successful, but they require you to take the initiative. And so if you are a person who's struggling, I'll be honest, what really helped me was finding someone else who wasn't struggling, who is willing to like prod me and push me and like bring me to tutoring and things like that to finish my program Um, because I wasn't, I I wasn't going to do it myself. You know, you don't, you don't get to that point by accident. It's, you know, it's by design and it's, you know, it takes some work. So having that support is just everything. And then, you know, to be honest, don't blame yourself. I mean, what's really, you know, I think it's really easy to just get stuck in this kind of gloom and doom about, you know, I'm struggling in this class. Therefore I must be a whatever. But in most cases, you know it's there are you can learn the material you know you're smart enough the university is already determined that you're ready for this program they wouldn't have let you in otherwise but getting across that hump sometimes takes some real perseverance and as someone who had to retake a class like it's not fun um i'm not gonna lie there's a lot of embarrassment from it but i'm glad that i went through it and to be honest i would not be the professional i am today if it weren't for um, not just dealing with that, but then getting past it.
2: Well, that's awesome to hear. I'm glad you did get through it. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So I think you touched a little bit on your Kappa Kappa Psi career, Um, some of the roles you've filled in the past. Um, So you mentioned interest in higher education, um, as being part of the reason uh, you wanted to run for national vice President for Colonization and membership, um, that's a bit of a mouthful, so I think I'll just shorten <laughs> it. Um, but, well, can you sort of flesh that out a little bit more as to you know specifically maybe some examples of of inspirations in your past that led you to this position?
3: Sure. I mean, you know, I was lucky enough, um, I watched a number of mentors. Um, so uh, hanging out with me usually after a, um, a football weekend would be Dr. Melinda Matney, but also be Mike Osborne, who had served previously as national president. So I've, I was able to watch both of them go through VPCM and president. Um, and it was very inspirational. I mean, you know, uh, Melinda's tenure is very Um, interesting because of um, a lot of the external things that she had to deal with as president. Um, And Mike did a lot of the things that now we consider to be kind of the norm in terms of um, a lot of the work around education, um, a lot of the rely, you know, using the um, resources of alumni um, to help kind of meet the the needs of the fraternity. I mean, a lot of his stuff, he was one of those people who kind of pushed us over that edge. So, you know, for me, I mean, you know, uh, I still sometimes sit there and wonder, like, OK, I hope that I'm meeting the needs of what, you know, the, the brotherhood, you know, expects of me and what the brotherhood needs from me. But more than anything, I mean you know, you've gotta have a reason, right? And so for me, you know, uh, sometimes I have to sit there and kind of remind myself like, these are the things that you care about, these are the things you're passionate about, and then are you making progress? And a night like tonight where I'm on, you know, another, you know, a whole string of phone calls and I've got um, activity reviews for chapters for their national curriculum, and I've got um, colonies and chapters that are on discipline, it's good to remind yourself like, you love this stuff, you know. This stuff is fun and it's great because I mean, you see a chapter turn a corner, you see a colony get installed, um, you see a brother get elected to an office um, when before they thought they would never be successful. Um, I mean, it, it's inspirational, and, and sometimes you need that to just kind of remind yourself like this work is is absolutely worth it. I'm
2: sure it is incredibly worth it.
3: The uh, pleasure
2: of sort of managing. And uh, working with all these different people. Um, oh, absolutely. So, I think a little bit of what you touched on there was sort of. I think you kind of talked about some of the things you wanted to do with this office. What, what specifically do you hope to accomplish over the next year-ish?
3: A little less than a year. Yeah, I mean. So BPCM is a weird one because effectively what you're doing is you're serving as the officer in charge of new chapters and expanding the fraternity, the officer in charge of discipline, um, the, right now dealing with curriculum and a lot of the membership education piece of the fraternity, but you're also planning to be the next national president. So um, a lot of my goals are more about structuring the work because it's hard um, and because I want to make sure that the person who I mean the one lesson that has stuck with me that I learned as a membership candidate. And the only reason I remember that I learned it then is because I wrote it down in my membership um, handbook that I got from my chapter. And that's like right over here next to me in my living room. And and I you know the 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 phrase that was brought up to us during one of our you know uh, membership education meetings was that you know you have an obligation to make sure that people who come behind you have an easier road and can do more than you were able to accomplish and the only way that works is if you work your butt off to make it easier for them and to make it more effective for them and I really I mean I've watched that through each of my roles I really try to make sure that there's that not only am I encouraging people to run for office and to give them the resources to be successful, but to also make sure that when they get in the position, that it runs smoothly, that the basics are already organized, and so they can focus on the next, the big picture things, um, the things they really want to accomplish. So, you know, right now we're really trying to figure out, you know, what does, um, what does a regular administration of the road to wisdom look like? For chapters, when we're not introducing it anymore, now it's a normal part of the the business of the fraternity. Um, how do we assess it to make sure that it's working right? Uh, you know, one thing that I'm really paying a lot of attention to is, you know, how are we expanding the fraternity to go to those campuses that we want to be at? Um, And to look for um, programs that we say, this really reflects the best in band, why aren't we here? Um, Which is a little different approach than, I mean, you think about it like when we're recruiting or the chapter, right? It's the difference between like passive recruitment, which is, let's see who applies. Great. And active recruitment. And I really try to move the VPCM role to being more of an active recruiter um, for potential colonies, um, which has been really interesting because I've met with, you know, um, I've had great conversations with band directors from all across the country, um, including in other countries. Um, So it's been really kind of cool to hear, like to have the conversations and to hear about, you know, what they're trying to accomplish and see if it fits within CAP FSI. Um, and the last thing that we're really that, that I'm really excited about, and you know, it's been um, exciting to work with um, Evan Thompson about this, is just thinking through the centennial and how we make the transition as we move through the prep to get to 100 years and then move past it. Um, so there's a lot of work just trying to figure out well, what does CapitaCite look like when it's, you know, now it's a, it's a century old. Um, it's been serving bands for 100 years. So now what does it need to look like to match the, the world we live in today? Um, and, you know, that's the stuff that it keeps me up at night, but for good reasons, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad someone's staying up late thinking about it.
3: <laughs> that way I don't have to. it been a problem.
2: <laughs> um, so you are obviously the vp or let's see vice president call it vpcm right vpcm all right so you're obviously the vpcm um i know that at the last southwest district convention we were told some shockingly low number of chapters had submitted um review activity review forms um is that still the case? Do we still have a bit of an issue or has that gotten better over the last couple months?
3: Um, you know, so like this is one of those things where, you know, uh, the the advantage of having been in the fraternity for a while is, you know, you start to learn some tricks on this. So one of the things we noticed the first year of implementing anything new, um a lot of it is just answering questions and some a lot of times like the same question for the 400th time. Um so a lot of our work in the first year was last on um you know, shaking the tree and pushing chapters to submit every activity, that was important. But we also just wanna make sure that they were aware that that was a step they needed to do. And for a lot of chapters, they didn't have new activities, they didn't use, you know, historical activities that were outside the road to wisdom because it was so new. And so they wanted to focus their energy on doing that part right. We're now to an era where it's starting to become normal. Um, And what we did, um, because it's really a responsibility. If there's something that we need to work on, it's everyone's responsibility, right? It's not just you know one person that has to you know pick up the slack. So one of the things we did is we changed how we trained our curriculum advisors, um, so we can really focus them on how to support the activity review process when it's appropriate. Um, we're starting to see our governors now um, are being more assertive about. Well that's an activity that needs to be reviewed. So now we have more people looking at it um, and that's increasing the number as well. And actually I just had a conversation today um, with Jessica Lee, our national vice president for student affairs who serves with me on the curriculum committee. And we talked about you know, the next phase is really to just look at those chapters that haven't submitted. And in a lot of cases we actually know they haven't submitted because they don't have activities to submit. But to reach out to them and say hey, you know, here's how this works. Do you have any questions? Because sometimes all they're doing is waiting for someone to kind of, you know, poke them to remind them, oh, yes, yeah, right. I have all this work that I need to do. I forgot. Um, and it's the beginning of the semester, right? So we want to be respectful of the fact that we're all a little overwhelmed. We're all a little busy. And that's why, you know, we do a process where there's a lot of communication throughout There's a lot of opportunities for people to ask questions throughout um, because we want to be supportive of that and and understand that, you know, you just may not have done it yet, but that day is coming.
2: So the last thing I wanted to ask you is, do you have any sort of comments or advice for any vice presidents of membership on the chapter level that are listening?
3: Sure. Um, I mean, step one, you know. Don't just like uh, you know communicate with your curriculum advisor because you're required to do it. You know use these people. Um, these are brothers, alumni brothers of the fraternity who care a lot about the success of Kappa Alpha um, So utilize them. If there's something you don't understand, if there's something that you're confused about, if there's something that you know, well, I'm not sure how this works. Um, ask the questions because um, the 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 truth is that. If you don't ask the questions, we never really know um, where you're struggling or where your questions, you know, where your concerns are or anything like that. Um, so definitely, you know, reach out and utilize the resources. Um, and the other thing is to just know everyone is learning this new. We as a fraternity are learning this new. And I will tell you, there are some things that we had to change from last year because you know what. It didn't work last year. That wasn't the way we wanted to do it. It wasn't the best practice. There was work that we need to do. We're constantly improving. I mean, that's the nice thing about, you know, having a motto like strive for the highest, right? That if you actually listen to it and believe it, then it's okay to say, hey, you know what? Maybe that's not working. Let's try something new. So don't feel bad about giving feedback. Don't feel bad about asking questions because sometimes your confusion is confusion that's actually held by tons of chapters you're just the first one to have the courage and and confidence to actually ask about it. Um, And I mean, you know, we may not have the answer either. We may say, that's a great question. Let's do some investigation. Let's think about it. Let's talk about it. What's your purpose? What's your point? Where are you going with it? That's because we're trying to understand too. We wanna make sure that you don't just, you know, Um, get through the requirements. This isn't about finishing a checklist, right? This is about successfully educating the future of our fraternity. It's about ensuring that we make it to 200 years. So we're all invested in you being successful. Um, But it does require you when you're struggling, when you have questions, when you have concerns, when you disagree with something to reach out because otherwise we can't read your mind.
2: I wish we could read minds, but that's I, there
3: the are days when it would be <laughs> great. I also sometimes I sit there and I read something and go, I really just want to know what the heck are you thinking? <laughs> and not necessarily because I disagree. I just don't I can't visualize how you got to this conclusion. Um, so, yes, I really wish that mind reading was one of those things they gave you when you got your office. But until then, we just have to rely on people to, to advocate for themselves when they can.
2: Well, I'm sure that'll get better as time goes on.
3: Oh, absolutely.
2: I have had a wonderful time talking to you tonight. uh, And thank you so much for the time. I know you're a very busy man these days.
3: No, no. Thank you.
4: Hello. My name is Isabella Rivera. I am a brother from the Gamma Iota chapter at the University of New Mexico. And today I have with me Mr. Nicholas Bratcher, our our national vice president for programs. How are you?
5: (laughs) Good, how's it going?
4: Doing great. So, um, Nick, why don't you tell us a little about yourself?
5: Um, let's see. Well, uh, my day job is the uh, director of bands of, uh, at California State University in San Bernardino. i uh, in San Bernardino, California. And I am, as you said, the national vice president for programs for Kappa Kappa Psi. Um, that's pretty much pretty much what I have. That's pretty much it.
4: Awesome. Um, So why don't you tell us a little bit about like what chapter you came from and your school career?
5: Okay, sure. So um, I was initiated into the Zeta Eta chapter of Kappa Kappa Psi at South Carolina State University uh, back in March of 2006. And then uh, there was a... Uh, there were a, a series of surgeries from one of my family members that uh, caused me to move back home. And so I transferred to Coastal Carolina University where I finished my undergrad studies um, and received a Bachelor of Music from there. And then I did a Master of Music from um master of music education from uh, Coastal Carolina University and then uh, afterwards I went and taught for four years down at Savannah State University where I was the assistant band director there and while I was teaching I did studies and received my doctorate from the University of Georgia um, in
4: 2015. Wow so you were kind of just everywhere.
5: Yeah a little bit a little bit.
4: (laughs) So what made you decide to um, ultimately become national vice president for programs? Is that a thing that you ever thought of when you were just getting initiated?
5: Um, When I was initiated, no. Like the thought of being, I never thought, I guess, being a national officer would be something, would be something in the cards just because... um, you know, with being a, with being a band director and everything, I was thinking maybe that that would be, uh, my avenue for service. But then when I had, I'd seen so many of my colleagues who had been, you know, national officers, you know, before me, um, and when it came down to election time, I looked at the office of vice president for programs and I was thinking, you know, I could do, I could do a lot of things with that office. So I could, um, you know, do a lot of good. So that's, that's what caused me to run for it and ultimately end up, you know, winning that office.
4: Nice. So, um, what are some of like your main plans for this office?
5: Um, well, I guess constitutionally I'm the, um, I take minutes at the meetings, but uh, I guess the, the broader aspect of this position is that I help to uh, promote uh, all of the national programs and initiatives that we have going on in Kappa Kappa Psi, you know, with the help of the rest of the council, such as uh, the AEA scholarship, uh, the matching grant award, um, any of the the biennium. The biennium awards that we give, such as the Scroggs Founders Trophy, um, the Chapter Improvement Award, Silver Baton. Most recently, we've developed a chapter development grant for chapters to use for um, improvement of their logistics and operations so they can bring a member of the national leadership team out and we award them up to $1,000 to help them in that endeavor. Um, so there's there's quite a bit. There's a lot of awards and a lot of initiatives that we have going on. So it's just a matter of keeping up with all of that, and it keeps me very organized.
4: That's awesome. So do you have a lot of um, chapters or brothers applying for these um, programs, or are you trying to find ways to maybe get more people to apply?
5: I think it's a bit of both. Um, so for some programs, we have, like, a massive number of applications, like for the AEA scholarship, you know, we have so many people that buy for that scholarship. I think every semester, like for the past two quarters, um, since I've had this office, we've had a huge increase in scholarship applicants for the AA scholarship. I think we've had over 30 um, each time and we only award out maybe like four or five each semester. So it's really competitive. And then for other awards, you know, like the biennium awards, we can't really award those until the year of a national convention such as this year coming up. So last year, those were kind of quiet, but this year we're already anticipating a massive number of applicants uh, for those awards uh things like the chapter spo- outstanding chapter sponsor and uh the founder's trophy uh for uh, chapter fi- chapter leadership finalist and uh, just the whole gamut of things is we're looking for a lot. And then we're also looking to promote the awards that we don't have a lot of people applying for. Uh, we've just revamped the Silver Baton Awards, so hopefully that'll be a bit more uh, desirable. And then the matching grant award we're trying to promote a lot more. We usually only get about one or two of those a year that chapters apply for. But it would be nice if we had a lot more because the purpose of that is to bring you know clinicians to your campus to help improve your band's musicianship. And whatnot, so hopefully we have people that take advantage of those
4: nice, and promoting like like you said, is definitely like a big thing, um, and maybe the communications team can help with some of that promoting with the Facebook or podcast or any of that, so definitely keep in touch so we can get that figured out also definitely um, so I guess um not so kappa related questions but what are some of like your hobbies outside of music
5: um well i like to go to the movies i'm a i'm a huge movie fan um like going to the beach um and actually i'm a i'm a gamer so i like playing video games i'm a playstation 4 owner so i do a lot of um I, I do a lot of Destiny, a lot of Elder Scrolls, um, and then as far as Nintendo, Super Smash Brothers, Legends of Zelda. So um, I kind of I kind of like doing the video game, you no know, nerd type of stuff. I'm a nerd at heart. So
4: nice. And do you have any pets at home or?
5: No, 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 no. I, I um, <laughs> although I would like to have pets at home. I think I'm way too much for me to actually be able to take care of them as I should so I don't have any
4: yeah that's definitely understandable we're all really busy people
5: <laughs> right
4: well I am I think that's all my questions is there anything else that you'd like to say to all the brothers listening to the podcast
5: um, yeah if you guys would just be sure to um, go to our website check out our programs uh, see what's out there Uh, and see how you can, you know, promote what your chapters are doing because, you know, we, we know you guys are doing a lot of work. We know you're putting in the work. Um, and you know, we're a recognition organizations, so we want to recognize you for that. So just make sure you take advantage of all of those. And if you haven't heard it by now, you probably have, but, you know, get yourselves to national convention, you know, make plans, start now. Um, I want to see all of you in Stillwater in 2019, you know, and I'm looking forward to meeting everybody at their respective district conventions, um, when and if I can.
4: Awesome. Well, thank you
0: so much for interviewing with me. It was really nice talking to you.
5: No problem. Thank you.
0: So we just appreciate our listeners uh, listening in this evening. Uh, If you have any questions, suggestions, or ideas for next episodes for the podcast, please let us know by sending an email to communications at org. So stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks for listening and don't forget to keep striving.